You're listening to the Promise Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Scott McNamara. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Good morning, Promise Church. How are you all doing? I was about to shout there instead of using microphones. We can adapt. We're adaptable. How are you all doing? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Who feels the presence of the Lord this morning? Come on, amen. God is good. We have a, we've got a, a nice busy room this morning, huh? Come on, the Lord is growing our church. Praise God. I'm excited to be with you guys. If you don't know who I am, I'm uh, Scott McNamara, the guy with the funny voice who is not from this region, but I'm adopted into this region. So, uh, so I'm happy to be here. Me and my wife and four kids live here, if you guys don't know us. Uh, if you are here for the first time, wave at me. Come on, give us a wave. Tim, stop lying. Anybody here for the first time? Okay, you guys are extra specially welcome. Let's give them a round of applause. we like to welcome first guests, first time guests. We believe that uh, you are here by divine appointment. The Lord has brought you here to this family, so we're excited that you're here and that God is going to meet with you in a powerful way. Okay, I'm going to read from Luke, not Luke. I like Luke, but I'm not going to read from Luke. I'm going to read from John at 10, 1 to 18. Uh, But I'm just going to pray first, and then we're going to read, and then we're going to see what the Lord wants to do. I'm excited to be here. I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel the Lord is going to move this morning. We're experiencing a a move of of the Spirit in our community at the moment. Just on Thursday night, we experienced a massive move of God in an increased measure in our new believers group. Uh, For those who were here, some of our friends are here. I just want to encourage you guys, you know, what we're seeing in our community, it should be normal within the church, but unfortunately it's not too normal. But I just want to encourage you, you know, I mean, I could regale you with stories all, all morning long, but just an encouragement for you. On Thursday afternoon, I was with a friend of mine, and we're going to Walmart in Longview, and uh, I'm walking in and, 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 uh, to share the gospel, and there's a guy walking out, and the Holy Spirit just highlights him to me. So I leave my friend, and he's like, where, where's he gone? And I'm off, and I'm getting this guy out the door. As he's literally out the door, I start sharing with him, and I've been kicked out that place before. Me and Tim and, and Sam have been kicked out before, so I'm under the radar, but it's right in front of the doors where the person who works there is looking at me, and I'm like, man, I'm doing it anyway. I'll, I'll do it, and then get kicked out. So I share the gospel with this guy, and immediately accepts the Lord. On Thursday afternoon, his name is Joe, and he's here uh, with his, uh, his girlfriend this morning, and uh, they're sitting here. They've just gone to take their kids in, which is why I can embarrass them, because they're not here. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys, this is the Lord moving. You know what I mean? You know, this is how the gospel works. You know, we share the gospel, people get saved, people get connected. You know what I mean? His good lady, I didn't meet her until this morning. She's crying through, through the service because the Holy Spirit is drawing people in. But he draws people by using you as, in par- as a partnership, yeah? If we don't do it, if we say, no, man, I'm, actually, I've got to go and get my milk. I haven't got time to speak to that person. What happens? They don't get connected. They don't feel his spirit. The Lord's looking for people that he can trust. Will you be somebody that he can trust? So Holy Spirit, we pray this morning for your presence to fall in this place, Lord. We thank you for what you are doing in our community in these days. Thank you, Lord, that you're only getting warmed up. Lord, and we believe that you're going to do something wonderful and something special. And you're going to pour out your spirit like the world has never seen in these days, Lord. And we are thankful that we belong to you. We are honored to be called yours. 
So Jesus, as we spend this time together right now, as we open your word and open your scriptures, Lord, I pray that you would move. I ask you to rest upon every heart in this room. If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you and has not been fully surrendered to you, Lord, I ask you that you would render them defenseless in in these moments, Lord. I pray that they would leave this place changed as a brand new creation because when we meet you, lives get changed. So we believe for some changing to happen right now because, Jesus, we know you're in the building. So we give you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, John chapter 10, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. If you know me, if you've hung around with me for more than a a few times, you'll know I talk a lot about the shepherds, um, the good shepherd. Not shepherds in general, but the good shepherd. I'm from Ireland, and I used to look at the house we lived before we moved to the States. We lived in this amazing house that we rented. We prayed for three years for a home because we went through a bit of persecution in the home we lived in. We, we birthed our new believers group in our home, and it got crazy big, and there were like cars everywhere, and our neighbors used to really kind of persecute us quite badly, like swear at me in front of my kids, and it got quite crazy. Me and the, the, the man had a, uh, the, the husband had a moment, let's just say. It was pretty crazy. So we prayed for three years, they'll give us a home. We got this amazing home. And it was a little bit out in the country. Uh, like you look out the back windows and there's like green fields and sheep everywhere. So I kind of got to know a little bit about sheep from being in our, in our home, you know, because they were there everywhere. And when you see them and, and you kind of watch how they move and the things they do, it intrigues you to kind of look into it a little bit more. And I did that a little. And, uh, and I think maybe that was where my sheep fascination came from. But I'm happy to be talking on uh, the Good Shepherd because I believe Jesus really is the Good Shepherd. He wasn't the good shepherd back in the Bible times and then he kind of, you know, changed his mind. Like he still is because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He was the shepherd then and he's the shepherd now. Okay, so John chapter 10, 1 to 18. Can we do something together? I know we've never done this before, but I would like to do this because I'm feeling a lot of love in the room right now. I'm feeling like family, yeah? Church is family. I'm proud to be part of the Promised Church. I believe it's the best church in the world. Anyone else? Come on. Come on, praise God. So can we be a family together and can we read this together? Will that be okay? Okay, so I'll conduct you. So just follow my lead. Three, two, one. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You're doing good. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Hallelujah. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep 
and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. You're almost done. Keep going. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Almost done. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again, this charge that I have received from my Father. Come on. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Come on. At least, at least H-Bomb is excited about John 10. Come on. Thank you, Sonny. Okay, I'm going to read you guys uh, a little uh, homily here, a little bit of uh, a little story which I kind of enjoy, so you're going to have to enjoy it because I've got the microphone. Okay, here we go. A shepherd was tending his flock in a remote pasture when suddenly a dust cloud approached at high speed, out of which emerged a shiny silver Lamborghini. The driver, a young man in an Armani suit, Gucci shoes, and a tightly, uh, a tightly knotted power tie, poked his head out the window and asked the shepherd, Hey, if I can tell you how many sheep you have in this flock, will you give me one? The shepherd looked at the man and then glanced at his peacefully grazing flock and answered, sure. The driver parked his car, removed his laptop and briskly surfed to a GPS satellite navigation system on the internet and initiated a remote body heat scan of the area. While the computer was occupied, he sent an email via his iPhone and after a few minutes, he printed a 150-page report of the little laser printer uh, from the little laser printer in his glove compartment. He turned to the shepherd, waving the sheaves of paper and pronounced, you have exactly 1,586 sheep. Impressive, said the shepherd. One of my sheep is yours. He watched the young man select an animal and bundle it into his car. And then the shepherd said, if I can tell you exactly what your business is, will you give me back my sheep? Pleased to meet a fellow sportsman, the young man replied, you're on. You're a consultant, said the shepherd without hesitation. That's correct, the young man said, impressed. How did you ever guess? It wasn't a guess, replied the shepherd. You drive into my field uninvited. You ask me to pay for information I already know, answer questions I haven't asked, and you know nothing about my business. Now give me back my dog. Hey, I like silly things, what can I say? Shepherds are are God's ministers. What does it mean to be a shepherd? And why did Jesus call himself the good shepherd? How does it reflect the church? How does it reflect the sheep? The good shepherd is a shepherd. But are we called to be like him? Who here thinks we should be like Jesus? Okay. How many here think they're like Jesus? Okay, now look for the the humble people in the building. Okay. To be like Jesus is to do what he does. So if he's a shepherd and we're mini Christs, then surely we should be shepherds also. What What does it mean to be a shepherd? Well, it means to love, huh? What does shepherds do? Well, we read, we just read it there. He laid down his life for his sheep. Are we laying down our lives for our sheep? You may say, hey, Scott, man, I'm a prophet. You know, like I, I'm, I kind of, I locked in the third heaven. I'm hearing from the Lord. That's my zone. You know what I mean? I'm a prophet. I'm, that's not my thing, you know? Or you may say, hey, I'm a teacher. You know, what I do is I teach. I teach from scripture. I unpack the Bible. That's kind of my zone. That's what I lock in. Or you may say, equally, I'm an evangelist. You know, what does that, 
uh, what relevance does that hold for me? Or you may even say, I'm a pastor. Now, unfortunately, not all pastors act as shepherds. Now, it doesn't matter what area of gifting you think that you carry. This is not about gifting. This is about compassion, and this is about calling. You see, we're all called to be like Jesus, regardless of what area you feel your gifting lies in. We're called to be shepherds. It is not a calling. It is, sorry, it is not a gifting, it is a calling. It's Christianity 101. This is what Pope John, um, not Pope John Paul, I'm old. This is what Pope Francis said. Beautiful quote here. We're going to show you from Pope Francis, which I think for me sums it up. Hopefully we're going to show it. Sums it up beautifully. He said this. Be shepherds living with the smell of sheep. No, we're not going to. Be shepherds living with the smell of sheep is what Pope Francis said. Now, I know you may say, I don't listen to a Catholic a Pope, but here you go. Be, shep- be shepherds living with the smell of sheep. What does that mean? It means that when you get around people that you work with, they begin to rub off on you. You begin to smell like the people you mix with. You begin to look like them. You begin to act like them. If you're really doing the work of a shepherd, then your sheep and you are going to, be, are going to look a little similar. You're going to feel a little similar. There's going to be some similarities. They're going to know you. You're going to know them. Yeah? So we need to be around sheep. What did, what did Jesus say to Peter? If you really love me, then get a building, bring people in every Sunday, have a great worship band with amazing guitars and sound systems. No, he didn't. He said, feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. What was he talking about? He's talking about the church for sure. And I'm not having a pop of church, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, we've got to make sure that that's not our focus in life. You know, this is great what we have here, yeah? But this is not it. We could do this in the parking lot. But the presence of God is here, and that's what matters. If you're impressed this morning, if you're here new, and you're like, man, I was moved to tears, I felt something, I want to tell you this right now. It is not because of the Epiphone guitar or the Nord Stage 3 keyboard. It is because of the Holy Spirit's presence in this building. That's why you're feeling moved to tears, okay? And guess what? His presence is everywhere. So what he's calling us to do is to love like he loved. I want to tell you a story, a funny story, this is true, of somebody who took... This quote a little bit too far, and it's going to make you laugh. It can only happen in Ireland. But I want to introduce you to a man called Andrew. I have a picture of Andrew, I believe. Andrew and Chop and Chop. This is Andrew, okay? There's a man called Andrew in Northern Ireland. He has a pet sheep. And his pet sheep is called Chop. And what Andrew did, he made it into the front page of all the press and the news because he actually took his sheep on a leash that's his pet sheep and he took it and he walked it into a bar and he had a pint of beer in the bar and then he went to a local grocery store to get his shopping with his sheep on a leash. That's like what he did, you know? And, uh, and the crazy thing about it is this guy actually lives next door to one of my new believers, Neil, some of you guys know, and uh, we actually ended up getting this guy to our new believers group before this happened. He was a bit of a crazy guy in the area, but uh, he got arrested anyway, and, um, and this is what was said about him here. Customer assistant Jonathan Gurris told the court how Andrew had walked into the store with a sheep on a leash, saying, save the sheep, and don't buy lamb in little. Little was like Safeway. Don't buy lamb in little and save the sheep. This is one of the things he said. We've got another picture of him with the sheep. I think there's another one. It's a bit more intimate. You can see him cuddling his sheep. There you go. There he is. So here's a true story. Now, that's taking it a little bit too far, yeah? So live with the smell of sheep. Well, literally, this guy took it, took it to, the, uh, to the next level, and he lived with his sheep. Unfortunately, the guy got arrested, and he's now not allowed to take his sheep into any personal places. But 
don't take it that far. However, we should live close to the sheep. Now, what is it, why is it the Bible refers to us as sheep all the time in Scripture? What is, why is it that there's so much talk about people as sheep? I mean, as far as, like last time I looked, sheep are not cool. Sheep are not the kind of, you know, uh, status symbols that we want to be bragging about. I've been recently looking for a truck, and I'm going out looking at all different ones. You know, one of my favorites was the Dodge Ram. Uh, and I mean, you know, I'm just thinking, like, if that was a Dodge sheep, like, it wouldn't be as strong, would it? You know what I mean? There's, there's something about sheep. They don't really personify that kind of image of strength and power. You know, you wouldn't have that, would you? Or a, or a Ford sheep or whatever. You know, I'm just, I was kind of thinking about this, and why is it that Jesus looks to us as sheep. I mean, it's not really very building up, up for us in our confidence, you know. Why can't we be like a ram or a different animal like that? I'm even thinking about like local eateries. So that around the corner here we have the, is it the fat moose? The fat moose. Okay, let's change it to the fat sheep. Is it going to be as hard hitting? You know, is it going to look good on your flyers and your billboards? The fat sheep? No, it's probably not, yeah? Or look at bands. I was thinking about bands. Look at some of great bands. The, the eagles, you've got, the, you got Def Leppard. That's a cool name, Def Leppard for a band, yeah? Uh, the Eagles, you've got the Arctic Monkeys. You've got the sheep. You, you haven't. There is no sheep. You know, bands, don't, bands don't take sheep as a name um, because it's not really that cool. It's not really that strong. You know, uh, I've seen many people with tattoos. I've, I've had friends come to me say, check out the Lion of Judah. And like, they'll lift up the tops and they've got this big lion on their back or something. Or even people have like a, their dog, like a Rottweiler on their arm. Or, you know, they'll pull out like, you know, but I've never had anyone come up to me and say, hey, bro, check out the sleeve I've got here of this sheep. And they pull up and they've got a sheep on their arm. You know, people don't do it, yeah? Why does Jesus want to use sheep all the time? They're not really cool. But there's a reason. What's the reason? I believe these are some of the reasons. Okay, number one, like sheep, we follow each other. Now, we are always following each other in life. You know, there's an old saying, isn't there? We just act like sheep. But sheep literally follow each other, and they would follow each other off a cliff. Like, it, that, that is how crazy they would get. Do you know, do you ever remember being a kid, and your parents turn around and say to you, like, uh, would you follow them off a cliff if they did it? Or would you jump off a cliff if they jumped off? You know, that kind of thing. Well, sheep literally would. There's a story, a true story here in eastern, uh, in eastern Egypt, sorry, eastern Turkey, while the shepherds were far away having breakfast, the flock of sheep, 1,500 sheep, they walked and they went straight off the cliff edge into a ravine. But the first 400 fell and what happens, they, they became like a soft cushion for the other 1,100 who fell onto the 400 dead sheep and the 1,100 survived because of the soft cushion of the sheep. Isn't that crazy? So they have some good uses, huh? And that kind of reminds me, like it kind of sounds like it could be a good sort of commercial for toilet tissue or something. Do you know what I mean? You know, softer than soft. You know, wipe your bum with this woolly toilet paper or something. Do you know what I mean? But what a beautiful picture. Not really a beautiful picture, is it? But sheep have uses, but they're very stupid. Why would you follow... Why would all those sheep follow each other off the edge of a cliff? I'm going to tell you why. Because at the front, the sheep are going and they can't stop when they get to the edge because all the ones behind are moving them forward. So sheep are a bit stupid, aren't they? But what they, the point, the moral of the story is they follow each other anywhere and everywhere. And we are the same. Do we not do the same? I think about fashion. I, I like to think I'm a, a purveyor of fashion. You're like, really? But, you know, where I, where I come from, you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm into fashion, I'm really into it, but when you think about fashion, you know, fashion is a multi-billion dollar industry, and they make their money because they, they, they kind of count on our sheep-like mentality. 
If it wasn't for our sheep-like mentality, fashion would be dead. But what we do is we see other people with, thing, with certain clothes on and we're like, I want that. So you go and copy or celebrities will wear something on TV and you go and buy it. Or they'll hold a, a cell phone. You're like, I want that cell phone. This is how business works. Business thrives because we're so like sheep and we copy each other. And it's true. It's true but crazy. Okay. In, in Isaiah 40, 11 says this. He will tend his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs. He will carry them in his bosom. And I'm going to tell you why I'm reading that scripture to you here because there's something else that happened with sheep. In number two, I'm going to call this sheep, can't, sheep need a shepherd. Something that happens with sheep is they get, over, they get turned over on their backs with their legs in the air flailing. And the old English shepherd term for this is cast down. So the sheep are cast down, they're on their backs like a cockroach with their, with their little legs in the air and they can't get back over. They need the help of a shepherd to flip back over. They can't do it themselves. Without a shepherd, they will surely die helpless to pray. Isn't that like us? You see, what happens with us is we get over on our backs and we get in all kinds of situations where we can't get out of without the help of a shepherd. You know, I was just thinking about this and I think of all the other religions out there, you know, all the belief systems, all the self-help books. You know, you could, you could be on your back like a sheep, metaphorically. You could be out of, uh, you have no other options to get back on your feet. And someone could come along and say, read this self-help book. Or listen to this teaching by Buddha. Or, you know, practice the five pillars of Islam. Or whatever it may be. And you can do all these things, but you're doing them on your back. But there is one, the good shepherd. And he comes along, and he doesn't talk to you and tell you what to do. He does it for you. He flips you over onto your feet. You see, only the good shepherd gets close enough to you and all your mess. He's not afraid to get near smelly sheep. And I want to tell you this, you're a little smelly people. I know we get cleaned up, but then we get smelly again sometimes, yeah? But especially when we have no shepherd, are we very smelly. But the shepherd is not put off by that and he gets you and he flips you over on your, on your legs. Without the shepherd, you're going to stay there on your back and you will die. But he cares for you. He cares for his flock. This is uh, crazy, but in, um, in Matthew 9, 36, there's a version of the scriptures that says this. We read this. It says, he, where is it? I've lost it. He says he had compassion for them. Seeing the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast. They were cast down. Jesus is talking about what it looks like to have no shepherd. You're downcast, you're cast down, you're over on your back. If you have no shepherd, you will not make it. You need a shepherd to survive. And, good, and the good news is this, you've got Jesus. Okay, number three. The sheep need to hear the shepherd's voice. In John 10, 27, like we read here, or I think we, maybe we didn't get that far. It says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Here's a great story. A man in Australia was arrested and charged with stealing a sheep. But he claimed emphatically that it was one of his own that had been missing for many days. When the case went to court, the judge was puzzled, not knowing how to decide the matter. At last, he asked the sheep to be brought into the courtroom. And then he ordered the plaintiff to step outside and call the animal. The sheep made no response except to raise its head and look frightened. The judge then instructed the defendant, go into the courtyard and call your sheep. When the accused man began to make his distinctive call, the sheep bounded towards the door. It was obvious that he recognized the familiar voice of his master. His sheep knows him, said the judge. Case dismissed. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Do you know the voice of the shepherd? 
Another thing that happens with sheep is when the shepherd is absent, it breeds rebellion inside of the sheep. It's a true fact. So for a sheep to have no voice of a shepherd, they get angry and they get rebellious. You see, they need the contact closely with the shepherd. There's something that happens with the voice of a shepherd that soothes the sheep. You know, they say about a newborn baby that uh, newborn babies should be held close to the father because there's something about the father's voice that soothes a newborn baby. I want to tell you this. If you don't hear the voice of the shepherd, if you've taken yourself so far away that you can't hear the shepherd's voice, there's going to be rebellion that is going to stir inside of you. And you're going to look for every other way to try and find peace, but you won't find it. But when you hear his voice, that's when you know it makes sense. Like I've told you guys before, the amount of people I've prayed for have said, I didn't know it was Jesus I was looking for until I found him. You see, they were searching for something to to make them feel at home, for something. They were searching for that voice that could still their soul, but they just didn't know it was Jesus' voice until they heard it. And then everything made sense. In Genesis 4, 13 to 16, we read the story of Cain and Abel. Cain was a man who who had a brother called Abel, and he took his brother outside uh, into, into the wilderness when nobody was there, and he killed him because he was jealous. It was the first murder in the Bible. And he killed his brother, and his punishment was to be ostracized, to be expelled out of the garden of the presence of the Lord. This is what Cain said. My punishment, he said this to the Lord, he said this. My punishment is too great to bear. Now that you have driven me this day from the soil, I must hide from your presence. I shall be a restless wanderer on the earth. And verse 16 says, then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. The very thing that causes men and women to slip down that slope of despair into sin is his presence or lack thereof. The reason that we get so entangled in sin is because we're just trying to find where is is that place where I can feel soothed? Where is that voice that I need to hear that can rest my soul? How can I stop being a restless wanderer? When will I find home? You know, the amount of people that come to our new believers group or church and they say, man, when I walked through the doors, I knew I was home. Why? Because they've heard his voice. They've heard the voice of the shepherd and they know that's what they've been looking for. They just didn't know it was him. When you hear his voice, you know you're home. And he's here today and he says, I want you to hear my voice. St. Augustine said this, Thou hast made for thyself, O Lord, and, uh, thou hast made us for that, thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. The problem is when you begin to wonder and when sheep begin to wonder, they begin to get in all kinds of problems. They are made to have a shepherd. I've told you guys this, I think, before, but one of the things that happens with sheep is they begin to wonder and they begin to get thirsty and they'll drink in rivers that, are, um, that have been secluded and they'll find their way through barbed wire. Often they'll get ripped to shreds through the barbed wire. When they make it to the rivers, they'll begin to drink. You see, the thing that looks so appealing will end up killing them because what happens is as they lean in, their wool gets heavy with water and topples them over and the very thing they thought would refresh them ends up being the thing that kills them do you know what sheep do sheep will see a muddy puddle and they will drink that dirty water rather than travel 20 feet to a river to drink as well how often do we live like sheep we'll see a dirty puddle of sin and we'll go and we'll drink from it knowing that it's going to harm us knowing that it's not good for us 
but we still do it anyway. Why? Because we're thirsty. But I want to tell you this, there is one who can give you living water and he is the good shepherd. The good shepherd has living water and he says to his sheep, you don't need to drink that rubbish. You don't need to drink that dirt. Just come to me and I'll give you living water and I'll quench your thirst. But we're wondering, trying to find something that can quench our thirsts. I watched my cousin, 33 years of age, I watched him die of alcoholism in the hospital. He was 33 years of age. This is about uh, 12 years ago. I went to visit him numerous times. He was an alcoholic. He was raised in a pub by an abusive father. His father used to beat his mom in front of him as he grew up as a kid. He watched his, his father beating uh, the living daylights out of his mom all the time. He grew up very angry, very violent man. He, he turned to alcohol to uh, medicate, self-medicate. He was drinking and drinking. He got to a point where he had cirrhosis of the liver and alcohol was killing him. And I went to see him. I was a Christian at this time and I went to see him and I, I just loved him and just spent time with him and, and his heart was so hard and I began to share the gospel with him. And the Lord in his mercy was so kind. I was at Bible college at the time and I remember praying at Bible college for my cousin and I'm like, Lord, you've got to save him. And I, I go, eventually I go to visit him. I was kind of quite far away, but I went to the hospital to see him and you know what he told me? I walk in, the Lord gives me a scripture. I walk in, I say, Mark, first thing in the morning, I say, I've been praying for you. I've got to share something with you. He said, it's a bit early for all that religious stuff, Scott, isn't it? I said, no, you need to hear this. As I began to share with him, he said, I've already had one of yours this morning telling me. I said, what do you mean? He says, my personal nurse is a Christian and she's been telling me about Jesus. When I was praying, the Lord told me this, I've put someone in the hospital. Before I got there, the Lord said, I've put somebody in the hospital. And when I got there, he testified of the lady that had been tending for him who was a Christian. But he didn't accept Jesus on his deathbed. you know why? Because he said this. He said, if I can't drink, I'd rather die. If I get out of this hospital, I'm just going to drink again. I'd rather die because they said, you drink one more drink and you're dead. And he's like, well, I don't want to live. Why? Because a heart can get so hardened through sin that they, the heart will not even turn unless they really want to. I want to tell you this, sin is a dangerous thing. If you spend your life drinking from dirty water and then somebody offers you clean water, your heart can be so hard that you don't even see the difference and you don't even want it. The Lord is here to soften your heart this morning and he wants you to drink from living wells. Wandering humanity has a drink problem. Do you know in the US alone, 123 people die every day of their own harm by suicide. 123 every day. Every 12 seconds, in the United States, one individual takes their own life. Every 12 seconds, somebody takes their own life. Why? Because they're thirsty. They're thirsty, and we keep the drink to ourselves. You see, we have living water, but we don't give it away. I met Joe on Thursday. All I, all I did was stop him and say, Joe, can I just share something with you briefly? I didn't know his name was Joe. That would have been very prophetic. But I stopped him, and I began to share with him. Within a few minutes, Joe accepted the Lord. And now he's here. It wasn't that difficult. But Jesus drew him close into his arms. What if we all stepped out a little and said, hey, can I tell you about this Jesus? Would you like to try this drink? Maybe you've tried others, but hey, I've got something for you you've never tried before. That is what Jesus offers us. We're not meant to carry burdens. 
Number three, we are not meant to carry burdens. You'll never see a sheep carrying a pack on their back. The weight will destroy them. Sheep were not meant to carry burdens. Other animals carry burdens, such as horses, or carry weight. But sheep do not carry because they're not meant to. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. Okay, and then the last one. Sheep are valuable. Sheep were treated as prized possessions in Jesus' day. You were counted as a wealthy man if you owned sheep because you could get meat, milk, they would reproduce. You could get wool from them. They had a use. Many shepherds would sacrifice themselves to protect their sheep. But there was one who paid the ultimate sacrifice for his sheep. And his name was Jesus and he went onto a cross. As your good shepherd, he gave his life for your life. As we read, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Well, Jesus laid down his life for you. That's how much he loves you. When John the Baptist saw Jesus in John 1.29, he said this, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Psalm 17.3, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And as I close, I want to read this powerful, powerful story to you guys. There was once a Shakespearean actor who was known everywhere for his one-man shows of readings and recitations from the classics. He would always end his performance with a dramatic reading of Psalm 23. Each night without, ex, without ex, ex, no, exception, as the actor began his recitation, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he began. The crowd will listen attentively and then on the conclusion of the psalm, they would rise in thunderous applause in appreciation of the actor's incredible ability to bring verse, this verse to life. But one night, just before the actor was to offer his customary recital of Psalm 23, a young man from the audience spoke up, Sir, do you mind if I recite Psalm 23? The actor was quite taken aback by his unusual request, but he allowed the young man to come forward and stand front and center on the stage to recite the psalm, knowing that the ability of this unskilled youth would be no match for his own talent. With a soft voice, the man began to recite the words of the psalm. When he was finished, there was no applause. There was no standing ovation as there was on the other nights. All that could be heard was the sound of weeping. The audience had been so moved by the young man's reading that every eye was full of tears. Amazed by what he heard, the actor said to the youth, I don't understand it. I've been performing Psalm 23 for years. I have a lifetime of experience and training, but I've never ever been able to move an audience as you have tonight. Will you tell me your secret? The young boy says, you know the Psalm, but I know the shepherd. So my question to you this morning is, do you know the shepherd? Maybe you know the Psalm. Maybe you know the Bible. Maybe you've been at church. Maybe you pray. But do you know the shepherd? Because there's going to come a time where you stand before God and he'll say, only those that know me. But I've got good news for you right now. He's here and he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him in a personal way. As we read earlier on, in John chapter 10, verse 2, we read that Jesus wants to come to the door of your heart. John chapter 10, verse 2. If we can bring that up, it says this. I wanted to. It says this. I tell the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate may surely be a thief and a robber. But he 
verse 2, who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. I want to tell you right now, he's at the door of your heart and he's knocking. And he's saying, I want to come in. Will you let me in? Because I want you to know me. I want you to know what it feels like to hear my voice. I, know what, I want you to know what it feels like to have the soothing of my love in your soul right now. So this is what I want to do. I want to take a, just a couple of minutes as we close. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the good shepherd's love to you right now. We're just going to wait for a moment and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal. So what I'd encourage you to do is just switch off whoever's next to you and just ask yourself this one question. If I stand before God tonight, if I die tonight, do I know that I'll be in eternity with Jesus, with my good shepherd? Do I really know the shepherd or do I just know the psalm? Holy Spirit, we just ask you now that your presence come in this place. We wait for you, Lord. As you feel the tug of the Lord in your heart, as you feel the moving of his love in your heart, I want to ask you to do something. If you don't know Jesus in this place, don't worry about anybody else. Respond to him by standing to your feet. If you want to belong to him and you don't know the good shepherd in a real way and you want to meet him and you want to make it real, then just as we wait, just stand to your feet in response to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your very life so that we could be yours. Lord, you gave your life so that we could be embraced by you. Thank you, Lord, that you come after us, that you don't just save us, but you seek us and save us. Lord, I thank you for your great love in this place. I thank you for those lives that you're moving on right now in this moment. Thank you that you brought them here by divine appointment. Lord, and I just pray for the rest of us in this room, for those that know you. Lord, I pray that we would be stirred to live lives like a shepherd that we would be stirred to love like a shepherd, that we would see your example and would see what you've set for us, the bar that you've set before us in John 14, Lord, where you say, you say, I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did you love us? Loved us by being a good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. So Lord, I pray that we'll begin to lay down our lives for others. Inspire us and awaken us. We thank you, Jesus. So you guys have stood up you just pray with me. For those who've stood, if you've stood with a friend, that's okay. But uh, for those who've stood to respond, we're just going to pray these words out loud from our hearts with our mouth. We're just going to say, Jesus, I open the door of my heart. I let you in. I'm sorry for my sin. I choose to follow you. I make you Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Amen. Why don't we give these guys a round of applause? Come on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, guys.